You know, purpose is what the Christian life is all about. No one was more on purpose than Jesus. Jesus said, the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. He knew why he was here. He wasn't confused about why he was here. The church today sometimes seems like she doesn't know why she's here. And I've often said that she doesn't know why she's here because she forgot why Jesus came. They came to Jesus one time and said, Jesus, you preached really good over there the other night. Come back and preach for us again in the book of Luke. And he said, no, I must go to the next towns also, for thereunto am I sent. He wasn't willing, Paul wasn't willing, to saturate the one area with the gospel over and over and over and over. He knew he had to go to many cities, many cities, many nations. He knew that he was a soldier under command. He had a job to do, and we have a job to do. Our purpose is to get the gospel to the world. We're not here just marking time. We're not here just to sit in the church pew and do nothing. We're here to be about the master's business and fulfill the Great Commission. Remember, you are more than conquerors. So all of heaven is watching the earth all the time, looking for a man or a woman that's going to use the Word of God, that's going to speak the Word of God, that's going to move on the Word of God. And when they do, heaven moves. God bless you. We are so glad to be with you today and welcome to Terry Mize Ministries program. And those of you listening by podcast, whatever platform that may be, we are thrilled to have you with us. And yes, it's we are. <laughs> it's always a joy to us. We're just exhilarated at the opportunity to be able to share anything that will help anybody uh, continue to hold their head high, serve God, use their faith, recover from whatever tragedy or loss there might be in your life or just consternation and frustration over the times that we live in. I mean, we, we just desperately, everybody needs help and understanding and uh, strength in your spirit and your soul and your body to do all that you need to do for yourself, your family, and you and I, and most of us that serve the Lord. I mean, we're always thinking the world. Yes, we are. <laughs> we don't think small. We don't think just us four and no more. <laughs> we're That's thinking right. nations of the world and our, our cities, our towns, our neighborhoods, all of those things. Um, if John 3.16 is true, and we know it is, that God so loved the world. Yes. And that's all of us, that God's love is to be shed uh, and are spoken to and approached with uh, the world by the love of God. And that's what motivates us, isn't sure. it? Sure. That's a mission scripture, you know. It is a mission scripture. Coming from a missions book. Missions book. book. Right. <laughs> I knew you would say that. <laughs> well, you know, you have to remind the church because the that's church right. is supposed to be a missions church. Yeah. And uh, people have forgotten that. They don't know why they go to church anymore. They, the church doesn't know really why she's here That's right. anymore. And I think, my opinion is, I think she doesn't know why she's here because she's forgotten why Jesus came. My, my. Because if we're the Christian, 
if he's the Christ and we're the Christ-like one, the Christian, yes, then his mission should be our mission. His vision should be our vision. That's his right. job should be our That's job. Right. His That's heart right. should be our heart. What he came to do should be what we came to do. That's right. That's and right. so if, if the, but the church has forgotten why he came. They think he came just to give us warm, fuzzy feelings and just to make everybody feel <laughs> Doing good. Cold services. But, but he he told us why he came. He said, "He's the Son of Man has come to seek and save that, that which, which is was lost. lost." And and all through the Word of God, people knew the purpose of his coming. That's right. Uh, but the church today didn't know the purpose of his coming. They 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 just I don't know. They think the church is a bless me club. You know, a feel good. <laughs> Uh, let's Excuse go in me. and let's go in and spend mm -hmm. 30 minutes and tell yeah. the pastor uh, to preach sermons that make us feel good and and forbid him to preach sermons that make us feel bad. No, and uh, right. that's not the purpose of the church. And it wasn't the purpose of Jesus. That's right. You know, Jesus, contrary to what people <laughs> believe, Jesus was, the Bible says, was the rock of offense. Now, that's a shocking revelation. People just say, oh, Jesus was a goody two-shoes, and he was just meek and mild and humble and sweet and never said anything bad to anybody and loved everybody. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, charismaniac. <laughs> but the Bible says he was he was the rock of offense. He, that's right. I mean, he was anointed, Renee, yes, to yes. offend people. That's right. He offended people on purpose. <laughs> he offended people seriously. That's right. I mean, he 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 made a whip one day and, and started whipping on mm. people in the church house and ran them out of the church, kicked them out. And he said, my father's house is called, it's to be called a house of prayer for all nations, and you've made it a den of thieves. I mean, he wasn't happy. No, and that's just absolutely stunning. That, that those scriptures are in there to reveal to us how passionately God feels about the house being a house of prayer and not merchandising or for any other purpose other than, uh, well, you know, exactly a house right. of prayer for all nations. For all nations. Yeah. All nations. It's about it's about prayer. Yes. And it's about missions. Yes, it is. It's not about making you feel good. It's not about <laughs> easing your conscience. It's oh, not my. about, mm. uh, it's about. Jesus came to seek and save that which that was lost. That which was lost. My goodness. And that's why we're supposed to be here. That's yes, why the church that's right. is supposed to be here. I suspect if you ran most churches through a through a Bible criteria mm -hmm. of why they should Far be here, many. Uh, you'd have to close down the biggest part of them. That's right. I mean, just put a padlock on the door and write Michelob. <laughs> <laughs> Now explain that. <laughs> People may not. Is there still a brand of beer called Michelob? I don't, I don't even know. I don't know. Now, the Bible says that God wrote Ichabod across the door, right. which meaning the glory of God has departed. Has departed. But back yeah. in the day when Michelob beer was around, the, the, the commercials all the time were about Michelob. So in, in the church, we got to say, well, God's going to write Michelob across the door. So uh, <laughs> well, that may it, be an outdated joke. Yes, it is, I'm sure. But it was still, yeah, I laughed. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> but we have I get to, concerned on these podcasts when you laugh, <laughs> as you do all the time. Because when we when we send our podcast to Pakistan, yes. and we pay people to translate, yes. we pay mm -hmm. a, a man to dub over my voice and a lady to dub over your voice, <laughs> I'm always amazed at how she laughs Every time you laugh, she laughs. <laughs> Only, you know, when you laugh, it's real. And when she 
fast it's, it's, it's contrived. contrived. Yes and, yes. and I always think it's funny. She kind of overdoes it, you know. Well, that's amazing. You know, I guess now it, she'll hear this and dub over that. And, well, you and I have had a learning curve that we've had to approach, uh, you know, even in doing the podcast and then now having them sent to Pakistan and being dubbed over. And then in the middle of a pandemic, all of these adjustments that have had to be made by the ministry to serve the people and yes, to get yes, the job yes, done. Yes, yes, yes. So we're and, thankful for the grace of God and all the things that we're doing. Well, and you know, that the TV station there, King's TV, that we send our programs yes, to in yes. Pakistan reaches 182 nations. Isn't that startling? That number is just, how is that possible? 182 yeah, nations. Right. So um, anyway, so we're we glad about it. We're, we're excited about it. Well, it is, and it, it, but it's the standard of, of the, the standard of the whole gospel is that uh, the local church, which uh, Brother Copeland and others have said, this is 2021, uh, the year of the local church. What the local church focus has got to be on is that we're preparing you uh, to win in and bring in the harvest and that God will not only meet your need, you know, God will give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Yes. So God's, God's a, you know, he can keep two thoughts in his head at one time. Uh, he can encourage you <laughs> to both work for him and win souls, as well as know that you have needs in your personal life, just like Jesus taught in, you know, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 there when he's teaching the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, he said, your heavenly Father knows what you have need of. Yes. And so over there in 2 Corinthians 9, the same, the same God that will give food, the bread for the eating, he will also give you seed for sowing. Isn't that great? And the, and the dual purpose of the church is that you're going to come into the church and the leadership and pastors um, that are supposed to be after God's own heart is going to teach you how to believe God for your family and your needs, your health, put food on your table, clothes on your back. You know, those five things that you said, five basic needs of every uh, person in the world, how to, how to take care of your family, all of those things. God's going to teach you how to use your faith for your personal needs. Yes. But then he's also going to teach you how to believe God for prosperity so you can have seed to sow yes. to win the world. And that's, that's the cycle of how Christianity should be done. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's winning souls, then bringing them and deciding discipling them and showing them how to do this. And they go out and repeat the process exactly. and win souls. And it's a marvelous wisdom of God to help us keep the focus out there is that I'm learning faith so I can take care of me and I can go give help somebody else. Yes, absolutely. You know, and it's so we, a can, we can be part of system. the answer. Yes. You know, where we're, we're, we're proactive with God. Yes. <laughs> and that's such a marvelous scripture you talked about in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, where it says right. that he, he gives seed to the sower, bread right. to the eater. He right. gives bread to the eater, seed to the sower. Exactly. You know, every time we get money in, we ought to look at it and say, now, Father, how much of this is bread? Because I'm going to eat my bread. It's for right. me. Right. And how much of this is seed for sowing? Because right. I need to always sow that's right. My seed. That's right. I don't ever want to eat my seed. No, every farmer knows that. I don't want to. I don't want to sow my bread. No, that's right. I don't right. want to eat my seed. I want to sow my seed, and I want to eat my bread. And right. every Christian should be smart enough to look at their finances and say, "Now, Father, I know part of this finance is for me. Right. I know part of it's for my bread. That's right. But I also know some of it's for sowing, and I don't want to get the two confused because you right. you give me seed to sow. Right. And I want to make sure I sow it. 
You know, years ago, Renee, you know, Oral Roberts was my dear close personal friend as well as one of the greatest ministers that ever graced the planet. And uh, when he and I both lived in Tulsa, he moved away. Oh, my, my, many years before he died, he moved to California. Uh, right. and, and then I moved away as well. But when we both lived in Tulsa, he would call quite often, as you know, or Evelyn would call quite often and, and ask Jackie and I to run up to ORU to have lunch or have dinner mm-hmm. or just ask, he'd ask me to come up. Right. And one time he called me and said, hey, Jerry, come on up and let's have lunch. So I, I dropped what I was doing. I mean, Oral Roberts calls, you drop what you're doing and mm-hmm. go, go. Any, any of your fathers in the faith. Right, right. Any of your any fathers. Mentor, any anybody any mentor, any from. elder. Yes. Anyone that you you respect, any general. Uh, I, I remember just uh, just not too awful long ago, there was a young man that used to call me his father in the faith and used to call me his apostle. And used to say, he used to get up and tell the church, that Terry's my personal apostle. He's all of the church's apostle you know he's my father he's also the church's father and he loved me and honored me and so on and so forth and and then he got mad at me and so he he you know i won't go into what all he said and did but uh but i saw him after two or three years of that nonsense was going on i saw him at a convention and i, I went up to him and i said son you need to call me and we need to get this thing fixed and i said in fact while i'm here for two or three days i said you you need to come over and see me let's sit down and talk and he said, oh, I'm busy. And uh, I went away from there so sad. Right. And and I know I came back and told you, I said, you know, if my father in the faith, right, the man that I call my father, uh, if he'd have said, son, there's some things wrong, you better come see me. Right. Renee, if, if the earth was cut glass, I would have crawled on my hands right. and knees right. to get to my father and say, hey, we got a problem, straighten me out. Yes, and I thought such dishonor and disrespect. But anyway, when Oral called, I'd drop what I what I would do and, and run. And so I, I got up there to to ORU, and Oral had this beautiful dining room next to his office because he couldn't go out and eat in Tulsa because everybody recognized him and, and they'd bother him at the table. Just he couldn't even get through a meal, you know. And 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 so he had this this beautiful dining room built out next to his office with plate glass windows overlooking ORU and overlooking the prayer tower. And so um, we went into, we walked into the, we greeted each other and then walked into the dining room. And uh, as I was sitting down uh, and just sat in my chair, and he was sitting at the head of the table here, and I sat next to him here at the side, and he made this statement. He said, Terry, Christians are the stupidest people on the face of the earth. My, my. And I just went, <laughs> well, Brother Oral, <laughs> why would you say that? And he said, he said, just stop and think about it. He said, Christians are the only people on the planet yes. that eat their seed. Shamefully. And I immediately had one Shamefully. of those epiphany aha moments mm-hmm. where I, I knew it was truth. I knew it was absolute truth mm-hmm. because I've lived in the jungles of Panama with Indian tribes. And then I've been around the world and other tribal places. And, and, and I remember watching as an 18-year-old kid, watching those, those Indians the tribe of Indians that I lived with, uh, go out and plant their fields. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have tractors. They didn't have plows. No, right. Their, their, their rows were not straight because <laughs> all they had was a sharp-pointed stick right, and a bag of seed on their hip and a bare foot. Mm. And they'd just poke a hole with that stick and drop a seed, a kernel of corn in it, and then step on it with their bare foot. And they'd just go along like that doing that. And they'd come to a big rock 
or a big tree. Right. Well, they just go around it. They just, you know, and so the row would come up here and, and do like that. And, and, and so being in the tropics, being in the jungle, uh-huh. in that heat and humidity and rain, um, those corn stalks would immediately grow, I mean, six, seven, eight feet tall. I guess so. And my some goodness. of them have six ears to a stalk. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's just incredible. Yes. And so then I'd watch those Indians go out there and uh-huh. harvest that those ears of corn. Right. The first thing they'd do is come back and they would separate their seed they were going to plant for next yeah. harvest. Plant Their seed corn. That's right. And so they would separate that and go put it into a, a hut, a waterproof thatched hut, and cover it with a tarp. My, my, So the my. animals couldn't get to it. The birds couldn't get to it. You know, no their moisture, rain could get to it. My goodness. And, and they wouldn't touch that. That was their seed. Yes. And now the other corn, they'd take it and they'd eat. They'd set aside for them mm-hmm. to eat. Sure. And then other oh. corn, they'd set aside. They had three piles, one for the seed. Right. Don't touch that no matter what happens. And then one to eat. Mm-hmm. And then a, a pile that they were going to take into Panama City and barter, either sell it or barter for goods. Right. So they had right. three piles of... Of harvest, my, 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 and they wouldn't touch that seed because if they if they got hungry and ate to ate this up over uh-huh. here, right, and so they ate their seed corn, what are they going to plant? No, oh, right. And if they don't plant, they're not going to harvest. No, I mean, I mean, the cycle ends just like that. That's right. Or it can go on perpetually forever and ever, from their son to their son to their son to their wow. son to their son. Exactly they can just keep right. that going. And so I, I, all that went through my mind whenever Oral said that to me. And I just stopped and looked at him and I said, yes, sir, Brother Roberts, Christians are the stupidest people on the face oh. of the planet. Because people know better in the world. They know better than to eat their seed. Right. But Christians just run helter-skelter and willy-nilly and just eat their seed. And yet Paul made it very plain in, in Corinthians to the Corinthians and said, God's going to give you seed. You need to give us, yes, you need to plant hallelujah. your seed. That's and you right. need to be a cheerful giver. You need to be a hilarious giver. God's <laughs> unwilling to do without a hilarious giver. Right. But God's going to multiply your seed sown. And he's going to give you seed to sow. He's going to give you bread to eat. Bread to and eat. we have to be really careful to when we get that seed in, the harvest in, right. we, need to, we need to put aside our seed and sow that. That's right. And then put aside our bread, our seed, that right. we're, uh, you know, our bread we're going to eat. Well, and it's it's it bears out, Terry, uh, you're exactly right. It bears out through the Word of God that God is, you know, it's it's a dual covenant. And that number two is that Isaiah 53 says that he was wounded for our transgressions and by his stripes we are healed. Yes. So it's a dual covenant. Yes. And, that, and that we can believe yeah, for the sins. Spirit. Yeah, in our healing, uh, spiritual uh, re- regeneration, Redemption. and then complete healing of the body, and then you come along, seed for the sower, bread for the eater. You know, in that dynamic, and so uh, God is always thinking about it. things. Have to be this. You know, you have to have a shovel in one hand and a sword That's in the right. other. Well, we're a triune being. We're yeah. spirit, soul, and body, and, and we have to take care of all three. And God knows all of that. So for the enemy to sow into somebody's thought, either by religious teaching or just by, you know, ignorance on yes. something, that, that God does not want their needs met and that, or that God does not require of them sowing right, right. <laughs> is a very erroneous thought process. Well, and and it so limits, it limits the soul. Absolutely. And because it's all based on, as we talked so many times, it's all right. based on laws. 
That's right. Christians get this idea that, oh, I'm, you know, Christians always tell you, oh, I'm special to God. I'm God's favorite. Yeah. Well, I you know, know the Bible says that, but. Yeah, yeah. I'm God's favorite. I just here's, believe. People say, well, here's how, Brother Terry, here's how God deals with me. I say, no, he doesn't deal with you any different than he does anybody else. Here's the word. You either do obey Do the it. word or don't. But God's the, right. you're not That's special right. little Miss Susie Charismatic. That's right. That God's dealing there special no with you. And the laws are the laws, right. and they work for everybody. They, they don't work That's when right. you don't work them. They do That's work right. when you do work them. It's like I preach so much and have since I was a teenager on uh, on, on uh, uh, Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. Yes, Galatians, Galatians 3, uh, 13 and 14 what a says revelation. Christ hath, already yes. passed tense, hath right. redeemed us from the curse of the law. How? By being made a curse for us. <laughs> That's right. How? Well, because it says cursed is everyone that the hangeth, hangeth on, tree. on a tree. And so Jesus hung on the tree what and a become promise. a curse for us. Then, then you say, well, why? Well, so that the Gentiles, thank God he said the Gentiles, because you're either a Jew or a Gentile. And, and he said, so the Gentiles might receive the promise, promise. of the Spirit through faith. faith. Isn't it wow. great? And then some people say, well, I don't know if I'm Abraham's seed or not, because I'm, I'm a Gentile. I'm not a Jew. Well, verse 29, chapter 3, Galatians 3, 29, the last verse in that chapter says, if you belong to Christ, then you're Abraham's Abraham seed, seed and your heirs according to the promise. And so I, I've preached for all these decades that Jesus reversed the curse. Yes. Go in the old covenant, the first five books of the Bible, which right. we call the law, the Pentateuch, right, Genesis, right. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, find the law, and then look for curses in those five books. There's all kind of curses right. in there. Boy, there and then sure. mark them and realize, praise God, Jesus redeemed me from redeemed that. Redeemed me from I'm the free curse. from that. I don't have to yeah. go through that because that's under the curse. But but I always preach that it's a threefold thing, that the curse is is poverty, right? sickness, and the second death. Second death. Now, we usually don't talk about two of those. We usually just talk about sickness. Right. Well, Jesus redeemed me from sickness, which right. he did. He redeemed me from cancer. He redeemed mm -hmm. me from diabetes. He redeemed me from, from, from COVID-19. He, he redeemed me from sickness. Right. Right. But, but it's a threefold thing. He redeemed us from poverty as well. Mm -hmm. And that's all through. Absolutely. That's all through. Oh, thank God! The thank law, God. The, the first five books of the Bible. Right. God says He wants to make you wealthy and wants to prosper and give you the give you the, the power to get wealth and right. and so on and so. And Great he scriptures. Say, he says, never say when you when you get wealth. Never say I'm a self made yes. man. Give yes. God credit for it. That's right. And uh, but 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 it's it's a threefold thing. It's not. It's it, yes, we're redeemed from sickness. But we're also redeemed from poverty. Poverty is a curse. That's right. And if people would go with me, I know Americans don't know poverty is a curse, don't know poverty is a killer. Well, but poverty is a killer. If you'd come go with me to the nations I go sure to, is. Uh, poverty goodness. kills people. I mean, it kills them. It's Sickness horrific. is a killer. Yes. Poverty is a killer. Yes, it uh, is. And they were brewed in the cauldrons of hell by the devil for mm. one purpose and one purpose only. That's to kill you. Steal, kill, and destroy. Sickness has no mankind. purpose except to kill you. That's right. Poverty has no purpose except to kill you, That's to keep right. you down, to keep you to doing without, and to kill you. Unfruitful. And so Jesus redeemed us from that curse. And that's why God's put all these scriptures right. in the Old Testament and New Testament exactly. about sowing and reaping and seed time and harvest and right. planting and sowing and right. giving and receiving and depositing and withdrawing. <laughs> all, the, all those scriptures <laughs> are based a, on laws. Yes, yes. See, sowing and reaping is a law. And it's Seed only time your and harvest life. is a law. Yeah, giving and receiving is a law. Exactly. And so, so Paul's including that, knowing that, understanding that better than right. anybody. Right. Then Paul told the Corinthians, "Now listen, <laughs> you need to give." But when you do realize that God's going to give you seed to sow, right. so you can give again. 
So the cycle's not broken, but he's also going to give you bread to eat. So you, so your life is taking care of yourself. He's going to take care of the triune being. He's going to take care of your spirit, soul, body, and he's going to make sure that you are redeemed from poverty, from sickness and from the second death, which means going to going to hell. You know, we're all going to die. The Bible says it's appointed unto man wants to die. But then we call it the second death, meaning, meaning not only do you die in your physical body, but now you're going to go to hell. That's the second death. Oh, wow. And Jesus redeemed us from going to hell. We don't have to go to hell. Isn't that marvelous? Everything about what we say, covenant. Uh, and I know a lot of people have seen things maybe on TV, people taking communion. That communion cup deals with the bread for the body yes. and the, the juice or the wine uh, representing the blood of Jesus yes. that washes away Amen. our sins and the sin nature along redeems with that. Us. Redeems us. Brought, God said, I bought you back. Yes. I, you don't belong to yourself. I own you. Absolutely. You know, And I'm so grateful for that ownership that yeah. God uh, wants to assume over our life so that he can continue to bless Absolutely. us. So that he can continue to help us. And so it when you think about local church and a local church service just being like a warm fuzzy where I get to go see all my friends and and I love my pastor no, and I love the deal. church. It, the spiritual laws all woven through that. Oh my goodness. And it's so much higher up on the food chain, finer dynamic than what this generation wants to make it be. And we cannot, uh, as we said, dumb it down. It has no. to be something that is so profoundly and absolute in your life that it God wants to prepare you for the authority and the administration that you're going to have to live in for your own life. Yes. And in order to obey him, to go and reap the harvest and influence others for yes. the kingdom of God, because it's not selfish. Prosperity is not one of those things that is that is to be you know, selfishly hoarded over yourself. No, that's right. And in Ephesians 4, Paul said, he said, he said, don't let it even once be named among you. He said, greedy, wasteful living. Right. He said, that should not even be named among you at all. You should never be seen as a greedy, uh, prosperous person. You should be seen as a giving, <laughs> loving, prosperous caring, prosperous <laughs> person. Just like the proverb woman in Proverbs 31 over there, it says that she stretches out her filled hands, filled hands to the needy and the poor. And so that woman already had, she already had her own way of doing business and had and her own money, the poor yeah, she, but she empty. couldn't give to the poor if her hands weren't full. Right. And it's just like you and I, if we go into a restaurant and we give a, a waitress a, an extra, you know, not just a tip, but a, almost an offering, right. you know, because sometimes people share their needs or we, we sense by the Holy Spirit, they need you know, something in their life and they, we want to show love, then thank God, God has blessed us. Yes, and yes, and yes, you yes, and I yes, say yes. this all the time, driving around the car, coming in and out of church, going in and out of a restaurant, we'll say, I mean, we're in tears saying, thank you, Lord, that we have the money to give to those people, that we help those, that lady, we help that orphan child, we help that pastor, we help that, that random person that just needed the extra money in the checkout line at the grocery store. We have that because God sure. blessed us yes. and gave us that extra, but we're always believing for it. Yes, we're we always are. calling yes. it in. Yes. We're always commanding it to be able to do that. And then the other day, um, you know, right after the first of the year, we had uh, some extra money came in and we paid off a credit card, you know, mm -hmm. and God blessed us in that way mm -hmm. personally. Mm -hmm. But then we turned right around and blessed and gave to others no, in the absolutely. same way. Amen. 
So all that system is for us in the local church to learn how to pay it forward and how to take all of the blessing of God, spirit, soul, and body, and go out and reproduce that in somebody else's life. What we've learned in the house of God about prosperity and healing and the blessing of God, then we go out there and win souls with it. Yeah, <laughs> we go out yes, there and, yes, in, yes. and influence the masses. We go out there and let our light shine before the world, our friends, our neighbors, our family, everybody, our work uh, co-workers, everybody have a look at the life of God that lives through us. And that's really I mean, Terry, that's everything about why we're teaching faith, why we're, you know, why you've spent 53 years nearly now on the mission field, going out there and telling people about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that it's the purpose of the gospel. It is the purpose. It (laughs) is the supreme task of the church. It is. It's the number one job of the church. And we can't forget that. And we always need to remember that we are the Christian, the Christ-like one. His mission is our mission, his vision, our vision, his job, our job. What did he come to do? Seek and save that which is lost. That's what we're here to do. That's why we're here. That's why he redeemed us from the curse of poverty and sickness and the second death. Y'all go read Galatians 3. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we, we, we get blessed in all three areas. We get spirit, soul, and body. Isn't that marvelous? And God cares about it all. It's the ultimate plan for a human life on this planet. And that's why we're here all the time, trying to help you in every area that we can, raising your standard, raising your thought life, helping you see the bigger picture of how God sees it through Terry Mize Ministries podcast. So as we leave the air today, uh, whether you've been listening or viewing, we love you and we're praying for you. And we say, Jesus, through his power, you are- More than conquerors. Amen, God bless you.